Part 2. Compassionate and Gracious In our world today, it can be hard to define who God is. With so many different views of God swirling around in society, how can we know which one is correct and which one we should base our own views of God on? Well, when the Bible authors described God, they consistently referred back to two verses in which God described himself to Moses on Mount Sinai. Those verses are Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 through 7, which read, Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. In this talk, we're going to focus on the attributes of God outlined in verse 6, specifically on how God is compassionate and gracious. This first word that God uses to describe himself is the word compassionate. Now, if I asked you to describe yourself, my guess would be that the first word that comes to your mind is probably the one which describes you the most. So why does God use the word compassionate here? The root of the word compassionate in Hebrew, the language this passage was originally written in, is quite interesting. The word used here actually comes from the Hebrew noun for womb. The word is meant to invoke an image of a mother taking care of an infant when the infant is most vulnerable. I'd say that's a pretty good image of the word compassionate. So, in the Bible, this word that God uses for himself is a word of great emotion and care. Sometimes, it's translated as being deeply moved. One of the most important aspects of God's compassion and of his being deeply moved is that it always results in action. Compassion means nothing without action. If I see a homeless man on the street in the freezing cold and I claim to have compassion on him, yet do nothing to help him out, am I truly compassionate? God's compassion always involves action, and it usually is used to describe his response to his people when they are crying out to him in suffering. One of the most intense books in the Bible is the book of Judges, where the people of Israel go through a vicious cycle of rebellion against God. They forsake God and worship other gods, which leads them into oppression from other nations. But once they become oppressed, they cry out to God once more for forgiveness and for salvation, and God always answers the call. The problem is... Once he saves them, guess what? They go right back to the beginning of the cycle and begin to rebel once more. Here's what the prophet Nehemiah had to say about God's response 
to his people in the book of Judges. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 27 to 28, Nehemiah writes, Therefore, you delivered them into the hand of their oppressors who oppressed them. But when they cried to you in the time of their distress, you heard from heaven, and according to your great compassion, you gave them deliverers who delivered them from the hand of their oppressors. But as soon as they had rest, they did evil again before you. Therefore, you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies, so that they ruled over them. When they cried again to you, you heard from heaven, and many times you rescued them according to your compassion. God's response of salvation towards his people, despite their shortcomings, was a product of his compassion. God's compassion is his emotional response to his people's suffering. Even when his people bring the suffering on themselves by rebelling against him, he still shows compassion. He never forgets his people. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15, it says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Again, depicting God as a mother caring for her vulnerable child, God will never forget us in our sufferings. Jesus showed compassion in his life and ministry as well. In the story of the death and resurrection of Lazarus, why did Jesus weep? He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. So why did Jesus weep with the others who were there? He wept because he had compassion on those who were hurting. He saw the pain of the people and, and showed an emotional response brought out by his compassion. He has always shown and always will show compassion on his people. Because of his compassion, we can trust him and his deep care which he shows for his people. We can trust that he will always respond to the cries of the hurting with deliverance and forgiveness. What is interesting is that God's compassion is closely linked with his grace. The idea which the word grace represents in the Bible is one of elegance, charm, and of producing a response of favor to those who don't deserve it. Grace is a gift, usually from someone of higher status to someone of a lower status. Now, more importantly, grace is an undeserved gift. If we think back to the story of the golden calf, which happens as Moses is on the mountain speaking with God, God was at a crossroads. He had to decide whether to destroy the people and restart from Moses or to preserve the people and show his grace towards them. Which did he choose? He chose the path of grace, and they didn't deserve it. They had broken the terms of the agreement which they had just made with God, yet God showed grace on them and made the covenant with them once more. In Isaiah 30, 
God promises to bring ultimate grace one day to his people. We see that fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 14 through 17 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. You see, Christ came as the fulfillment and embodiment of God's grace. What Jesus did on the cross was the ultimate act of grace. Did humanity deserve to be saved by God from their sin and their own self-destruction? Do we today deserve to be saved from our own sinful natures and to be exalted on high with Christ himself? Of course not. We could never do anything to deserve God's favor on us. We sin every day, and we continue to rebel against God and His Word. Yet, God is a gracious God. He chose to show His grace to us instead of His wrath. And not only that, but He chose to take that wrath and pour it out on His own Son instead. That was the ultimate act of grace that we could never deserve. Both of these traits should be enough to prove to us the love that God has on us and chooses to pour out on us. Truthfully, there is only one correct way to respond to such compassion and grace, and that is with our worship. Children of God, let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your compassion and for your grace, which you freely choose to pour out on us every single day. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you that you never change. Please help us to respond to others with compassion and grace as you would respond to them. We pray all these things in your wonderful and precious name, Amen and Amen.